0: Thank you for tuning in to Voice of Hope, a broadcast ministry by the United Christian Church, Rockville, Maryland. We hope you are blessed by the sermon you are about to hear. Today's sermon will be based on first epistle of John, the first chapter. Uh, we will read that all the way through chapter 2, verse 2. Shall we hear? the word of the Lord. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled, of the word of life. For the life force manifested, and we have seen it, and bear witness and show unto you that eternal life, which was with the Father and was manifested unto us. That which we have seen and heard, declare we unto you that ye also may have fellowship with us, and truly our fellowship is with the Father and with the Son, Jesus Christ. And these things write we unto you, that your joy may be full, This then is the message which we have heard of him and declare unto you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and the word is not in us. My little children, chapter two, my little children, these things write I unto you that ye sin not. And if any man sin, we have an advocate, the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. And he is the propitiation for our sins and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. Amen. Amen. Today's sermon topic is conditions for divine fellowship. Today's sermon topic is conditions for divine fellowship. And... uh, you know, I know we have to take our time and go through this. John's gospel sounds so, uh, John's epistle sounds so uh, simple, I know, but there are deep, deep, deep uh, truth in that. So we will take our time and dig through it and allow the Lord to teach us conditions for divine fellowship. God desires to have fellowship with us as his children. And he wants us to have fellowship with one another. And it's extremely important that as believers, we have fellowship, not only with one another, but with God our Father. Now, the basis for any true fellowship is the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my brothers and my sisters, I want to suggest to you that it's not possible to have fellowship with those who have false views about him. If somebody doesn't believe in the date, the incarnation does not believe in Jesus Christ, his death, his burial, and his resurrection, you cannot have fellowship With that person, because that person is still walking in darkness. When we look at verses 1 and 2, the apostle teaches us about the eternity, Christ's eternity, and the reality of his incarnation. And the same one who existed from all eternity with God the Father came down into this world as a real man. And John here in this epistle referred to him as the word of life. When you go to John's gospel, chapter one, the very first verse, we are reminded that in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. And again in John chapter 1, verse 14, we read these words. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. The reality of his incarnation is indicated by the fact that the apostles heard him. They saw him with their own eyes. They gazed upon him and actually, you know, even handled him. They touched him. They walked with him and they ate with him. They fellowshiped with him. The word of life was not a mere person illusion, but was a real person in a body of flesh. Jesus Christ came here. And he was real. Amen. A real man, a real person. Hallelujah. And in the second verse of, you know, our text, you know, uh, it confirms that uh, the one who was with the Father and whom John calls that eternal life actually came, you know, uh, in the flesh and dwelt among us and was uh, uh, was even seen and Uh, He walked with the apostles. Hallelujah. There is an anonymous author, writer, who shows the practical implications of these first two verses. And I quote, the practical implications on our lives. And he says, I am glad that my knowledge of eternal life is not built on the speculations of philosophers or even theologians. But on the unimpeachable testimony of the heard, saw, gazed at, and handled him in whom it was uh, incarnate. It is not merely a lovely dream, but solid fact, carefully observed and accurately recorded that. End of quotation. My friends, Jesus was here. It's real. Many years before his coming, it was prophesied that he would come. And he did come. He came in the flesh. So Jesus is real. If you want to have fellowship, you got to know him. Hallelujah. You got to have a relationship with him in order to fellowship with him. Hallelujah. Amen. Third verse. Reminds us that the apostles did not keep this great news as a secret, and neither should we. There are a lot of us who call ourselves believers, we call ourselves children of God, we are so Holy Ghost filled and fire baptized, and yet we are not able to reach out and tell somebody about Jesus Christ. Oh, who is capable? of saving anybody. We have a responsibility as believers, as people who are called into this fellowship with him to reach out and let others know that Jesus is real and he still saves. Hallelujah. Yes. The apostles realize that the foundation of full true fellowship is found in Jesus Christ. So they shared, they shared the message freely and fully. Anyone who receives the testimony of the apostles and all other believers, oh yes, must also share and be in fellowship with him. How wonderful and glorious. Oh, that guilty sinners like us should ever be brought into fellowship with God the Father and with the Son, Jesus Christ, and the blessed Holy Spirit. Oh, this is an amazing truth that believers must always rejoice and be glad that we have a God who is not only merciful, but is eternally gracious. You know that when he was born, Jesus is the name given to him at birth. And that speaks of his perfect humanity. Jesus speaks of his perfect humanity. and lets us know that, yes, he came into the world as, oh, he came into this world in the flesh as prophesied. Christ then is the name that speaks of him as God's anointed one, the Messiah. So in the name Jesus Christ, we have a witness to his humanity and to his deity. Jesus Christ then is the very God of very God. And he is the very man of the very man. So why? is John telling us about the subject of fellowship in verse 4. The reason simply is that our joy may be full. Hallelujah! So that our joy may be complete. When we fellowship with him, our joy must be full. Friends, the world is not capable of providing true and lasting joy for our human heart. The human heart is always looking for something, it's longing for something to fill the void. And the only one who can fill this void is our Lord, Savior Jesus Christ. And He brings joy, unspeakable joy to our hearts when our hearts are filled by Him. Hallelujah. When a person is in fellowship with God and with the Lord Jesus. He has deep-seated joy that cannot be uh, explained and that cannot be disturbed by earthly circumstances, situations around us, COVID or no COVID, it will not affect the joy and the relationship that we have with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Because at the source of our love, the basis of our love is deeper than what we see around us. The basis of of our joy is greater than what we hear and what, oh God, we smell around us. Amen. Deep, deeper than we can think. The song that we used to sing we sang mostly in, in some Baptist circles and even when we were young we used to sing this song, this joy I have the world didn't give it to me this joy I have the world didn't give it to me this joy I have the Lord the world didn't give it to me and the world cannot take it away hallelujah amen world cannot take our joy way. Now that I'm done with introduction, let me get into the message. And the message is conditions of divine fellowship. There are three things that I want to talk about and probably I may may not be able to finish uh, these three things today. I'm mindful of the time, but I also am mindful of the fact that the, there are important things that we need to learn in this epistle. And therefore, I'm not going to rush through uh, those important points so that the Lord can teach us and help us to grow in Him. Somebody say amen. Amen. There are three things. The conditions for divine, of divine fellowship. Walking in the light verses 5 through 7 confession of sin verses 8 through 10 acceptance of Christ as advocate and propitiatory sacrifice chapter 2 verses 1 and 2 so first of all 1 walking in the light verses 5 and 7 to 7 Let me uh, read to your memory quickly. Then this is the message which which we have heard of him. And declare unto you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ's Son cleanses us from all sin. Fellowship describes a situation where two or more persons share things in common. It is a communion of, or a sort of partnership The author of our text now teaches us the requirements for fellowship with God. He uses the message of the Lord Jesus when he was here on this earth to teach us, to instruct us. We, like the apostles, are messengers of the Lord, but it should be our privilege to uh, try to send out the word or give his message to a lost world. The ambition of the apostles was to deliver the message that they had received from the Lord and the message, you know, is this. God is light and in him is no darkness at all. Uh, these days, there are people who preach and people who go around uh, trying to call themselves preachers. And they don't preach the truth of the word of God. They preach something that is so far-fetched from the truth. And have a lot of followers, people follow them. And we know what that will mean in the end. But unfortunately, those of us that God has called to go out and preach the truth of what Christ has given us, some of us are too busy. We can't do it, or we have too many excuses as to why we can't do it. But my friends, the message here in this verse is that God is light. And in him is no darkness at all. What does that mean to me, and what does that mean to you? It means God is absolutely holy. God is absolutely righteous. God is absolutely pure. God has no blemish. He is all that beauty and perfection. That can be represented to us by light. There's no defect or imperfection in Him at all. God is perfect. Perfect, perfect can be. And God loves this perfect God who cannot look on sin. This perfect God loves the sinner. Even though he hates the sin that the sinner commits. He cannot favor. Look, you know, on sin with favor. Sin of any form, that is. Oh, and we know that there is nothing that is hidden from him. We may as well be honest with ourselves and we'll get into it a little more. Nothing that is hidden from, you know, from God, my friends. So we may as well come to him straight. You know, sometimes those of you who are parents, you know, may have children, you know, who think they're so smart. They think that you've never been a child before. And something happens and you already know what happened. And you call them and they're trying to beat around the bush and think that they are so smart. And you already know, say, hey, son, 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 or daughter, just come straight. I know what's up. You know, God is telling us, my children, don't play any games with me. Because I see everything. When you go to Hebrews chapter verse three in the second half, it says, but all things are naked and open unto the eyes of him whom we have to do. My friends, you cannot avoid God. God knows you better than you know yourself, and He knows everything about you. He knows everything about me. He knows everything about all of us. What happened in the past, what is happening now, and what will happen in the future. That's an all-knowing, oh, God, omniscient God that we serve. He knows everything. Hallelujah. Therefore, my brothers and my sisters, oh, if we desire fellowship with him, then we must try and walk in the light. In John chapter 8, that gospel of John chapter 8, verse 12, Jesus himself reminds us, he says, I am the light of the world, he that followeth me, shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. You know, and we are also reminded by the psalmist in Psalm 27, verse 1, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Fellowship with God requires us to walk and live in the light my friends in order for us to be in fellowship with God there can be no sin verse 6 says if we say that we have no we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness we lie and do not speak the truth To walk in darkness is to live and act according to such ignorance and erroneous practices contrary to the holy nature of God with whom we seek to fellowship. Sometimes we profess to have fellowship with the Lord, yet our lifestyle is contrary to our own profession. So the apostle reminds us that if such is the case with us. We lie and do not know the truth. We cannot walk in darkness and have fellowship with God, friends. But on the other hand, verse seven reminds us on the other hand, if we walk in the light, then we can have fellowship with the Lord Jesus and with our fellow. Christians, And the blood of Jesus Christ continually cleanses us from all sin. Hallelujah. That is the great news for us as people living in this flesh, living in this world of sin, that we have the blood of Jesus Christ, which continually cleanses us. Oh, when we have fellowship, even as we, we, we do little things here and there, he forgives us and he cleanses us. Hallelujah. All God's forgiveness, my friend, is based on the blood of his son that was shed a Calvary. There is no forgiveness without the blood of Jesus. There is no remission of sin without the blood, my friends. The blood that was provided by God all oh, is efficacious enough, it's good enough, it's sufficient enough to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. hallelujah, and the blood has provided God with a righteous basis on which He forgives our sins. So, my friends, the blood of Jesus, as we sing all the time, oh, nothing, nothing that the blood of Jesus cannot lose its power. What, wash my sins away. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? It's nothing but the blood of Jesus. And we know that that blood is powerful, efficacious, and it will never lose its power. It has lasting efficacy to cleanse us when we confess our sins and we receive that forgiveness. I'm bringing today's message to a close. And verse states, as if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. My friend, we cannot circumvent this. If you want fellowship, you get to, appropriate the blood. If you want, oh, to walk with the Lord, you get to appropriate the blood. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, I want to encourage you this morning All who are under the sound of my voice, I want you to understand that there's no way to receive forgiveness and eternal life except by coming through Christ. He says if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. God willing, next week, we will dig into that part. But right now, We know that tomorrow is not promised to anyone. Therefore, I'm encouraging you, to know and recognize that we are all sinners. The Bible says that we have all sinned and come short of the glory of God. And therefore, give your life to Jesus Christ right now just by confessing your sins. Oh, it says in Romans I believe chapter 10, it reminds us that oh, yeah, if we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in our hearts that God has raised him from the dead, salvation will come to us and we shall be saved. Therefore, if you have never asked Christ for to come into your heart, I want you to pray this prayer with me. Lord Jesus, I thank you for dying on the cross. Lord Jesus, I know that it's because of your love that you went to this oh cruel cross and death. Oh, Jesus, I'm pleading that you forgive me. I'm praying, Lord, oh, that you accept me and make me a child of your own. Come into my heart, Lord Jesus. Come to stay. Come in and become the Lord of my life. If you pray such a prayer sincerely, salvation has come to you. May the Lord bless you and may He strengthen you. In Jesus' name, amen. You have been listening to Voice of Hope. To support our ministry, text GIVE to 240-493-8490. God bless you for giving. To learn more about our ministry, visit www.theunitedchristianchurch.org. May God's blessings always be with you.